Hello and welcome to One for the Books. I'm Jacinta. And I'm Emma. We're a book podcast for everyone, whether you love reading or your idea of a book is a glossy mag, we have recommendations to kickstart your book love. It's about book club, ultimate reckless, and catch up with your friends. Hello in person, Jacinta. <laughs> I know, coming to each other from it's, real life. It's really nice, actually. It is. It feels... It has been a really long time. Oh my gosh. And we have cake, which Emma incredibly made, which I'm so happy about. So this is shaping up to be a great episode. Um, Do you want to explain to everyone the theme for the episode? I'm really pumped for this one, as I say every episode. Well, I so like the idea that we're flipping common trend that we see in the media and in the culture quite a bit, which are these... 40 under 40. 30 under 30 oh. or like new up and comers exactly. to keep an eye on or whatever or like these days it's They're like constant. fucking teenagers that are which like I know I sound very old right now. <laughs> but it, it sounds is, like it's, it's, yeah. like, it's like people under, under 20. <laughs> Those assholes. <laughs> no but it is that concept contributes to valorizing youth yes. and really romanticizing it and I feel like it also makes you feel like shit when you get to be like mid thirties and you're like, I haven't achieved any of these things. Yeah. So it's kind of refreshing to also recognize that some people achieve success in a very traditional sense quite late in life. Also everyone's on their own path. Exactly. You can't even be expected to all achieve things under 30. Yes. As I have a birthday next week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So we're doing authors over 55 when the book that we're talking about was released yes. i made that very complicated people over 55 <laughs> published books that we're talking it's about much harder than we harder thought it than would you be think we did 60 yes. and then both was, of us had a couple in the late 50s so we edited it down yeah. to 55 maybe they're just not publicized as much it was really complicated to find lists yeah. because also i don't know about you but when i was googling a lot of the res- Google results were just like listicles about books for old people to read. Yes. <laughs> I was like, this is not what I'm books looking for. the for. over 65. Yeah. It was like, 100%. how to retire. And I was like, yeah. no, yeah. not what I want. <laughs> That's actually so true. Yeah. So it was kind of complicated. Yeah. And I felt like I had to go and verify because a few of them I didn't believe. There's and then they ended up being true, but I was like, true. no. There's some what? surprisingly ah. big books as well. Yeah. That debuts that were written. Right. Like, quite quite a lot older than you think. Yeah. But it plays into that exact exact same thing that you were saying. Like, we don't valorise people yeah. writing a debut novel, say, in their 60s. But when a young person does it, oh. it's kind of seen as this, as this big thing. But it's... There's op-eds. Like, Sally Rooney yes. is probably a good example. Like, she was in her 20s when she wrote both of her books. Totally. She's, you know, achieved immense success. Very yeah, yeah, well-deserved. Yeah. Not taking away from that at all. But she we loved the We love conversation with friends. Yeah. yeah. But she was the subject of so many op-eds, mm. so much media attention. But... Yeah, That's you're right. The attention. flip side doesn't really garner any attention. And if it did, it would probably be very patronising. Exactly. It would be like, pat you on the head, like, well done, you're not dead and you've done something. Exactly. Yeah. Like something that's popular, like yeah. wow, you right. Kind of but it's kind of aspirational. Like as you get older, to find role models that have 
achieve different things at different times in their lives. Especially women who maybe Ooh, weren't yeah. given a chance when they were younger. I found totally. so many female writers who so only true. got the chance when they were much older. Yeah, like Toni Morrison. I mean, oh, she came to yes. writing much later, but she was one I just had no idea that she was well into her 50s. Exactly. By the time she got success anyway, um, but when a lot of her books were published. Like, Beloved yeah. was... I think she was like late fifties, and like blew the Wild. entire world away. I mean, that book is heartbreaking, but amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. gorgeous. Oh my gosh, I was very close to recommending that one as you know, <laughs> <laughs> so it's very top of mind. Yeah, there were a lot of books I just didn't realize. I can't even think now. It's a pretty good list. I mean, one of my favorite stories is Raymond Chandler, and when he wrote The Big Sleep, he got fired from his job. I love these stories. Where, no, like, they're destitute. They're fired from their jobs. And they just turn to something that they love and they make a success out of it. So, yes. And then he went on to become like one of the best like mystery writers and all his books turned into movies. So it was like quite a big love thing. love this for him. I know. I love those kinds of stories. Yes. It's like, it's like second chances. Yes. Which is so beautiful and I think <sighs> it's such like a nice. It's heartwarming. Yeah. But there's so many. Yeah, like um, Angela's Ashes by Frank McCourt. That was a debut novel. He was over 60 when that came out. That was a debut. Yeah. I, Angela's Ashes was his debut novel. To write that. But oh, like um, Margaret Atwood. Wild. She yes. would have been late 50s when um, Handmaid's Tale came out. Yeah. So that was published in 85 and she was born in the 30s. Yeah, there's a a wisdom to a lot of them. They're almost yeah. fable-like that they've often... I don't know, they're not moralistic, but there's often, like, really sweet meanings and metaphors life. through... Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of resilience and struggle that f- feels much more anchored in a reality than someone in their 20s writing a dystopian novel about something awful. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah, there's this extra magnetism. Not to shit on young authors. This is not also what we're trying to do. I'm doing it a little (laughs) bit, let's be honest. Um, Love it. Did you want to continue shitting on young authors and (laughs) tell us what your first book is then for this app? Definitely. I actually came across this book earlier in the year, and it's called Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. Which, if you Google it, just FYI, I feel like you will have seen it everywhere. Like, it's a Kmart. Like, it's yeah. been a bestseller, particularly this year, I feel like I've noticed it. Yes, it came out earlier this year. Been definitely. on all of the bloody bestseller lists. So I can imagine that people will probably recognise the cover. Mm. Um, but she wrote this book, her debut book, at the age of 65. Oh, yes. Which is so impressive. We There's hope for us, yes. <laughs> no, we can retire and become, you know, famous authors. <laughs> I know, if I start writing it now, maybe I'll be good also, enough by the time I'm 65. Well, that we'll be retired by 65. We'll be like 85 and still working. Yeah, <laughs> well, Start those hobbies now. <laughs> Despite this. <laughs> no, um, this book I loved. It's kind of in the women's literature betrayed kind of genre it's it's kind of fun it's original it's shrewdly observant it's very smart in that way and it basically follows elizabeth zott who's a brilliant chemist who obviously does not get treated with the respect that she deserves because she actually i forgot to mention this book is set in the 1960s 
but also I guess it's like a woman before her time like she was right smart beyond her I mean even to be in chemistry like to be a chemist in the 60s as a woman just stands up to all the (laughs) discrimination as well is very beyond her time and that kind of thing she's this brilliant highly trained scientist who probably hasn't gotten as far as she should have because of all the misogyny because she's a woman and that's very much addressed in the chemistry world but then what I loved about this story and what kind of made it stand out was soon after a number of life curveballs she actually finds herself as the host of an immensely popular primetime television cooking show. So while the show appeals to housewives at that point in time, she was this woman, she tackled cooking in like a very scientific way. So she would be like, combine one tablespoon of acetic acid with a pinch of sodium chloride, which obviously so Yeah. So she tackled everything from a scientific perspective and obviously got very popular. Like a nerdy Julia Childs. It's very Julia Childs, (laughs) I was going to say, yeah. So we find out how she's got into this point. We go back 10 years and we kind of just follow her life, like her chem- her chemistry career. Her husband um, is a really beautiful story as well and how she ended up in this very peculiar yeah. situation as a television host, being 30, like a single mother. Very outside of the social norm for that year oh, yeah. as well. So she was definitely breaking ground yeah. on television and she's very openly atheist she's oh, very openly all of this scientific generation she calls out men for their bad behavior <gasps> yeah so same here for this book i know it really she's really inspiring in that way and all the women at home seeing this other woman who looks like them up there saying all these things it's this quiet revolution that changes things a bit so it's quite heartwarming in that way as well. Yes, for this influence that she wields over the housewives of America. I know, she, and like slowly but subtly, like is it America? changing minds. Yeah, it's I just America. made a massive assumption. Like I said, there's this really beautiful love story at the center of it that anchors the whole piece. Though it's not like the typical relationship that you usually get from these mm-hmm. light-hearted women's fiction. Okay, which I really liked about it as well. It kind of takes a different tact. Um, which is quite beautiful. But, yeah, it's like a story for all the smart women who refuse to dumb themselves down. She's kind of this unapologetic feminist who's proud of her brain. This and yeah, green book. Sorry, I'm pulling some faces. No, no. <laughs> she's such, like, a woman ahead of her time, which I think a lot of people found really inspiring. And she's fighting this status quo in this male-dominated world. But mm. a lot of really awful things happen to her along the way. And you can see why she is this person and why she's so staunchly um strong in herself which is quite beautiful as well i will say there's like um you know how you can write sometimes like the quirky smart girl yeah sometimes the language does of like her personality does get a bit much but i think it kind of worked with because it's just like a light-hearted beat yeah yeah not one to over analyze but obviously there's those undertones but still i wish the author maybe would have peeled back that a little bit okay there's also this really weird um side story with the dog which i won't go into (laughs) that was very peculiar again very (laughs) (laughs) so i will say that it's a bit of a ridiculous plot line but at the end of it i did find it really inspiring and heartwarming it's kind of it's just like humorous and clever like the main character and the author doesn't try to dumb elizabeth the main character down either yes which is really beautiful she's so like i said so unapologetic in herself which is yeah like in that era totally. on television 
And it sounds um so wild. Like it, even though it's based around a love story, that the author has made sure that the character is so much more than just that yeah. love interest, or that she's seeking and worth so much more than a very simple story. Like it yeah. sounds like there's layers in there, which is yeah. really nice. And the love story is only told through flashbacks. Okay, so love this. So the present and her TV show is nothing about right. Her love story, more contextualized which I her current was really, situation. What I, yeah, which is what I really liked because it would be so much about that kind of yeah that inattention. I think so many of those other books, or she'll meet someone at the television station, which will she'll go after yeah. and that kind of thing but it didn't that which I thought was a really smart choice and yes. I really appreciated it love that so yeah it was just a really entertaining book is when I like ripped through it was just so easy yes. like shocking for a debut like just smart and quippy and sharp yeah because often easy debuts, to get through not often but you can sometimes tell when a book is a debut exactly there's it's, it's like a bit watching more a pilot of a tv show yeah. it's often yeah it's not as sharp mm. it's not as well edited and sort of refined yeah. there's often bits where you're like oh i could have would have cut that out exactly. or like this seems unnecessary or what's this random tangent with the dog <laughs> so there sounds like I there's mean, some parts yeah. of it that have that but yes. that on the whole it's like a pretty incredible debut yeah exactly there's yeah. like an ease with it and she's actually was a copywriter before she started writing fiction so <sighs> i think that's yeah that's where she probably gets her writing talent from so and makes sense then with the quickie the, yeah the quick the quickie <laughs> kind of quick? <laughs> <laughs> the quiffy like quirkiness I feel like if you're a yes. copywriter your strengths would be like yes. in those short fast sentences that exactly. just really land and it totally makes sense mm. you do find like the advertising copywriter in her oh, there, yes which actually works really well such a madman era vibe yes. thinking that she I mean she would have been later she would have come of age in the 70s and 80s but mm. like so cool to she also would have had many an experience with yeah, discrimination exactly. and sex. So I was very interested being in this yeah. world. If she was real, maybe she would have, yeah. like I said, staged a quiet revolution. So yeah, that is lessons in chemistry. It's it's quite yeah entertaining and life-affirming and also inspiring. An inspiring feminism novel as yes. well. In like packaged in a fun, quippy, sharp thing like we were saying. Which is quite a gift. So good. Yeah. It's just fun. Yes. Um, so I would definitely recommend this to anyone and understand why it's getting a lot of attention. Mm. How about you? <laughs> What's your first one? Um, I feel like we talked about this before we started recording that mine are a bit heavier in terms of the books that I've chosen to talk about. Which maybe. I kind of like the balance. But it works well. I was well. like, mine are a bit too fluffy and lighthearted. <laughs> no, obsessed here for the fluff. <laughs> um, so my first book is Untold Resilience, Stories of Courage, Survival and Love from Women Who Have Gone Before by Future Women. I already know this will make me cry. <laughs> Yeah, it's beautiful though. Ugh. So Future Women is a company that was started by Helen McCabe and Jamila Rizvi just prior to pandemic. It's all about networking and, you know, helping women in their careers. But they, um, once the pandemic was underway, basically decided to collect these interviews and essays. So they specifically went out and interviewed a bunch of different women from around Australia and New Zealand. Mo- I think mostly Australia. Most of whom were, I think the youngest was like 59, so but most yeah. of them were, I would say, closer to 70s, 80s, oh, wow. with a couple in their sort of like 60s. So 
so um, they had real wisdom to yeah, offer. Yeah, and, and somewhere like in their 90s as well. Oh my god, I um, love this so much. Yeah, so the concept was like this book to help the current generation of women who are navigating the pandemic, which we've never experienced anything of that scale mm. before, and interviewing these women who've gone through really tough times to talk to them about how they got through it and like what their resilience looks like. And there were some gorgeous stories, like people that lived through the world, like World War Two in Europe. Like some yeah. of them, you know, they immigrated to Australia post World War Two. But like some one was like a Jewish woman who um, grew up in I can't remember whether it was Poland or the Netherlands. Um, one really standout story was a trans woman who very late in life, like decided oh, wow. to transition. And at that age, too. yeah, incredible. Um, there was one there were a couple from women who sort of grew up and remember the great depression mm, and so that sort of survivor mentality of growing up oh with God. scarcity i love this but there were so many different ones there were people that you know um like there was a woman who in the 80s had or maybe 70s she was one of the younger ones um like she was late 50s i think yeah um, but gave birth to a son with Down syndrome in the 80s. So, like, not looking at her resilience from the sense of having a disabled child, but having a disabled child in a very ableist society yes. and having to really navigate and push and advocate for her son to be given oh anything. Gosh, yeah. Especially when it wasn't accepted. Yeah, so to try and get him... recognised yeah. and to get him into mainstream schools. Oh, course, and she yeah. said, like, even the way people spoke to her when he was first born like she was just so excited to have a son and they were Mm -hmm. kind of like commiserating on her behalf and like automatically assuming it was a bad thing but she didn't see it like that at all um yeah so it's just this really beautiful celebration of how women have come through really really difficult times and the generosity of them sharing these highly personal stories and how they've navigated that and come through the other side and I mean all of them are unrelentingly optimistic and upbeat and kind of like there's nothing you can do like you just have to get on with it like that's very much that mentality of just yeah like power through it like you can't feel sorry for yourself Mm. for too long you've just got to pick yourself up yeah right pick yourself up and get going and like (laughs) move on which part of it I was like cool that's not super healthy to never deal with anything yeah but let's just push everything down. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was also really heartening to just see that they survived and they often oh had gosh. really lovely rich in different ways not necessarily wealth but like rich you know in love and community and kindness in their lives and it's it's been so emotional it's quite uplifting and i feel like you know we're still navigating the pandemic so even listening to it in 2022 still hits home (laughs) still really relevant like we're still dealing with a lot of the ramifications of covid and it still feels really valid to read it. it would be relevant for any life in general. Yes, Just 100%. people getting through shit. We all have difficulties in life. Age. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed I with know. this. I so actually yeah, need to get on it. I would say it's a very heartwarming read. Like, obviously, they've gone through lots of difficult times, but yeah. it's ultimately about survival and courage and resilience. Yes. You know, it's it's about some more optimistic It's like a triumph kind of exactly. thing. Yeah, I mean, that's a good starting off point, but I feel like I would read their life stories anyway. Mm. Like, it's just so fascinating to hear what people, how they've got into that point. That's 
so, so yeah, it's beautiful. really, really lovely. And the trans woman narrates her own story, yeah. which is really wonderful. The fact that they would put out a book like that. Yeah. I guess bodes well to, like, I guess the, the underlying values behind the whole organisation as well. That's quite beautiful. I know. And I like it. So I think they've done a really clever job at personalising the brand mm. and making it feel quite authentic, which is not easy. Yeah, especially when it's, like, career development yeah. kind of stuff is so dry. So dry. So, like, even putting yeah. out a book like this is quite beautiful. I know, and clever. So clever. Because mm. they get you emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, already got me and I haven't read it and I'm already <laughs> obsessed. Yeah. Um, anyway, that is Untold Resilience, Stories of Courage, Survival and Love from Women Who Have Gone Before by Future Women. I'm obsessed. Highly recommend. Very heartwarming, uplifting kind oh of God. one for I us to all a, read. Love, yeah, that actually sounds like a dream. Another feministy kind of vibe, really. It totally is. Yeah. Well, sorry to turn the tables. <laughs> this one, I don't know if I would call feminist. Okay. It is called The Nest by Cynthia Dupree Sweeney. Okay. And I actually, I think I was telling you, I actually brought this book years ago from like a bargain bin outside a bookshop. Yes. And I buy so many books like that in that way from the bargain bin. Love this. I never buy a bargain bin book because some of them are so bad. (laughs) Well, that's my thing. I literally still have the $4.99 sticker on it when I was reading it. bargain. And usually, okay, usually... They're books that may have been popular a couple years ago. Yes. That don't really make much of an impact. I've read so many of them. But for some reason, this one stuck with me. Mm. And I really enjoyed it. Okay. Not because it was necessarily quite deep or impactful, but just because it was a fun romp. Yeah. I was so thrilled when I came across a list that mentioned that this was a debut novel. And I was so impressed. Fuck yes. And I was like, you could not tell at all that it was a debut. Yeah, again, you've picked two debut novels as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not just hitting the over 55. No, You're like, debut. over 55 and debut novels. From I women. really love this. Yeah. I mean, both are, like, they're not groundbreaking. But they don't need to like, be to be was, a good book. <laughs> it was in the bargain bin for a reason. <laughs> but it was just entertaining. <laughs> so The Nest is about the Plum family. What a cute last name. Who are made up of four middle-aged siblings who are kind of thrown into tumult when their older sibling, Leo, gets himself into a bit of trouble and a bit of a scandal. So they've A public scandal? A public scandal where they need to pay off some people and... Ooh! That's a big one. What happens is this big chunk of money where they needed to kind of clean up all his mess is taken from what's called the nest, which is okay. their inheritance. When they when the younger sibling turned 40, they would get all this money. It's basically, it's their trust fund. Shit. So they're like these old school New Yorkers, these children who may have made bad financial decisions and are depending on this trust fund. But you can make bad financial decisions when you know that you've got a windfall coming exactly. in the form of a trust fund once the youngest reaches 40. Exactly. You'd be like, I don't give a fuck if I went bankrupt. So they're all like, yeah. did a shitty business move <laughs> over much. there like yeah. i've got this coming they've all made their plans like that yeah so when this scandal hits so they're basically left with nothing <gasps> what a fall from grace exactly so it's old new york like old money yeah kind of 
they've got one sibling who lives in Brooklyn, another who is like lives in the West Village and is very into that world and that kind of thing, which I love reading about. Yeah, I think yeah. we know. That. I was like, this, this, this is hitting is some <laughs> points for you. Yeah, but then it's got also the family dynamics, which is so interesting. Yeah, especially like when money's involved, like people definitely change, Oof. and there's yes. so much conflict that comes out. And it was just really fascinating reading about. These siblings, because I think we talk a lot about the mother-daughter relationship. Yeah, so true. But actually exploring the sibling relationship was really interesting as well, because it is a complicated relationship between your siblings. Particularly as full-grown adults that have had their own very different separate lives. Totally. And also, like you were kind of saying, how money can poison Mm. and influence the politics of family dynamics. Exactly. Yeah. So they're all basically wanting Leo, who's the charismatic kind of older brother who's always had everything gone his way. So they basically want him... The mummy's boy. Yes. Hence why evil mum bails him out. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, as soon as you said that, I was like, classic (laughs) mummy's boy vibes. (laughs) You've got it down pretty much. Yeah. It starts with them going to confront him at, like, a very fancy uptown bar. And what I found interesting, it's all from, like, different people's point of view. So while they're going to this dinner, you kind of follow each of the siblings and how they're feeling. Oh, I really like that. how they got into this mess and their own, I guess, pressures outside of this family dynamic. Such a quick, easy way to... normal like or give you an insight into all of the characters exactly and to make you care about them and it gives them that complex nuance where they're more than just the face value of how they each see each other totally because you can like slip into cliches which i think this book definitely does but it does give them a three-dimensional nature and also gives so much complexity of this meeting yeah. Like all the different... The agendas they're yes. all going into it with. Because they've all got their own baggage and they're yeah. coming into it, which makes the whole, I guess, the whole situation so much more colourful and so much more entertaining, which I oh love. I love that. So, yeah, it's it's really fascinating. So it's basically a bunch of siblings squabbling over their inheritance. Yes. Which sounds really awful. <laughs> no, but it sounds really interesting and intriguing yeah. to understand what they've each got at play. And yeah, exactly. The backstories sort of for each of them and how they ended up in potentially precarious financial yeah. situations and it's also interesting how different their lives have yeah because i guess they all grew up in the same house but they've ended up in very different like you've got the weird like always the sister yeah you've yeah. got like the gay downtown antique seller yeah it's got a lot of that again kind some of cliches oh yeah sprinkled in <laughs> Definitely easy cliches. It's classic succession where it's a bunch of greedy people fighting. Yeah. And those family dynamics, really interesting. I love family drama and family dynamics. But also the backdrop of New York for you. And like also some really iconic (laughs) but different parts of New York. If you've got West Village, you've got downtown, you've got Brooklyn. Like you're hitting some iconic areas. Yeah, you definitely get a sense of New York. And it's also, because it's about family, it's quite tender as well. Mm, And it's funny. And again, you can't tell it's a debut, even though it does rely on some cliches. Also, what book doesn't rely on cliches? All books have some varying degree of cliche woven in. And I think this is just like a perfect beach read in that way. It's like the other one. prep for summer. I love it. Yeah. It's like fast and satisfying. Yeah. It's got a cliched ending, but that's how I like it. (laughs) Especially with a book like this. Yeah. It's kind of a perfect, easy read, but explores some complicated bonds between siblings and what happens when 
money gets involved. But yeah, like I said, I loved all the different perspectives. Yeah. It gave it like so much more depth. Depth is a good way to describe it. Love if that this. sounds like your kind of book, I definitely recommend it and you'll rip through it. Okay. So yeah, um, The Nest by Cynthia Dupree Sweeney. Um, I'm excited for your last one. Oh yeah, look, we're definitely ending on a more dramatic, <laughs> intense note. Um, well, it's good, it's got the balance. Okay, it? I just don't know whether this is the best one to end <laughs> on. Um, but yeah, I'm recommending The Road by Cormac McCarthy. You've read it as well, yeah, right? Yeah, what a yeah. classic book. I, yeah, I'd never read it. Also, Cormac McCarthy was 73 when this book came out. Like inspirational. And we were Googling him before we started <laughs> yeah. recording. And so this book, so in 2005, he published No Country for Old Men. Another brilliant one. Came out to very mixed reviews at the time, though. The book? Yeah. Interesting. And then in 2006, he published The Road. And then 2007, he won the Pulitzer for The Road. I mean. And also, that was the year that um, no Country for Old Men got turned into a movie and, and won four Academy massive. Awards. So yeah. 2007, 2005 to 2007, very big professional and career years. And being in your mid-70s. Yeah. And, that and winning a fucking Pulitzer. After like He would have been 74 when he won his Pulitzer. <sighs> That's, I know. That is actually so inspirational. And I think his first books came out in the early 90s. So it would have been what, maybe early 50s? Yeah, still. Still, still like definitely beyond sort of age. like the uh, 40 under 40 list yeah exactly yeah no list yeah <laughs> no list thing except ours um <laughs> anyway it's very depressing did not realize it's a dystopian film um yeah, really dystopian is. book very much to me a climate change kind of dystopian novel around yeah climate disaster mm. and basically north america becoming unlivable yeah um after lots of disasters, one after the other. And so it follows a father and his young son walking alone on the road. Um, <laughs> hey, eh, love when they mention the, yeah. the title. Yeah, in it's the, great. <laughs> um, through the northern part of sort of um, the United States, heading south because that's where everyone's going um, to we escape. It was... Like, this is quite early on in our exploration of climate change. Yeah, I mean, climate change as a concept has been around since the 70s. Yeah. But, yeah, very much sort of, I guess, around that, like you were saying, that Al Gore kind of era of very early becoming mainstream. Yeah, definitely not Still very contentious. Yeah. I mean, still lots of people don't believe it. (laughs) But back then it was maybe a little bit... Yeah. yeah, It was a little... There were more people that didn't believe it back then. True, true. So, yeah, it literally is just this story of this father and son struggling to survive in what feels like a post-apocalyptic America where... is the perfect way to describe it. Yeah, people... And I, I think it's also an exploration of the depths people go to when they're desperate. And it's this concept of how do you maintain your values and integrity and compassion for other people in the face of your own struggle. And when you're literally starving every single day, how do you continue to help other people and not believe the worst and become so preoccupied with self-survival that everything else is compromised so it's really interesting i mean there's some really horrific details like it's a dark it's a dark novel you You kind of have to be in the right yeah definitely and i would say particularly in this era can be a bit 
extra intense, you know, in a pandemic. Oh, totally. You know, we're constantly Actually, experiencing climate so change. Fascinating yeah. Reading it now. I know. It was I read it years ago. A bit much. <laughs> it would have meant so much more. That's yeah. Such a good and point. also, honestly, like, after, you know, Pakistan still experiencing yeah. these awful floods and so many people have lost their lives, you know, with these kinds of things always in the news like I don't think we really get a break from climate change disasters anymore it might be like a month but you know northern hemisphere experience the opposite to whatever we're experiencing and then we like switch places such a good point yeah so it it hits very differently I would say in 2022 than it probably did in 2006 when it was released 100 percent yeah um and even yeah. then it was big, but now to be reading it, it just had so much more of a resonance. Yes. So there's, wow. it's just a book about desperation, but I guess the willpower and determination to survive and also to make sure your son survives. That's, yeah. The fact that it's about a father and a son oh, and yeah. their relationship as well, that's where I think the emotional yeah. centre is and that's where it kind of tugs your heartstrings. Yeah, but also flips the narrative sometimes. I think, you know, we infantilise kids so much. Um, but I would say that this book is an example of also how kids help humanise us. That's a good point. Because the son definitely plays the role of reminding the yeah. father of the good in people and... That innocence. Belief in, yeah, other people and what they can do and not automatically assuming the worst. Mm. Even though the father is kind of coming at that from a survival, having experienced the worst and needing to protect them both. So... Yeah, they do come from very different perspectives. Yeah, even though the son has only ever lived in that world. Like, he was born into this kind of a post-apocalyptic or very much on the precipice. It is implied that maybe... That's when things started to change. It was starting to change maybe when his mum was pregnant with him Mm. um, in some flashback scenes. So, yeah, it's very intense, very dark. There's some quiet awful things around cannibalism and things sprinkled throughout the book that are a bit in your face so I would say yeah like you were saying you definitely have to be in the right kind of mood to read it but it's very moving it's quite haunting and it's very beautifully written like the way he phrases certain sentences stunning like I can understand why it won the Pulitzer his descriptions of people and places and feelings are just so profound oh my god yeah especially in such like a desolate environment because then i guess the humanity and the feelings and the emotion is put to the forefront yeah so if you're not doing that properly even describing what hunger feels like oh and that level of hunger and the yeah it's just it's it's really really beautiful and a really interesting meditation on the human psyche yeah and what happens when your back's against the wall yeah. or what your instincts are. And what different people do, because it does, it kind of explores mm. the people they come across are as much a part of that story and that yeah. analysis as the two main characters. I actually um, do think this book probably couldn't have been written by anyone younger. No, like, honestly. It makes a lot of yeah, sense now yeah. that we know. It's gritty He was in his 70s. And real. Yeah. And he was born in the 30s, so he would have been born into a family. Oh, of course very early post-depression so yeah i think and the war and everything yeah like, he would have remembered world war Two. totally um you know he would have been a boy but he would have remembered rationing and mm. a lack of things and that um, danger that almost like all-consuming kind of yeah. thing that's just buzzing around yeah so, so it makes a lot of sense actually that 
he was this age when he wrote it. Yeah, so it's honestly a really beautiful book, very heartbreaking at times. Yeah. But at other times, weirdly uplifting and a story of resilience at the Mm. same time of that never give up kind of attitude. Yeah. Where I was like, I would have just rolled over and died like (laughs) 10 years ago. (laughs) Like when I was reading, I was like, dead and gone. I would not. So he just explains like some of the skills (laughs) that the main character has and the knowledge. I was like, yeah, I would have been dead and buried so early into this dystopian world. I when it's grounded in a mm. real world. Yeah. It could so easily happen. I know, it's fucked. And you realise how inept you are. Yeah. And also, like, <laughs> considering, like, you know, the latest climate science is saying that Australia won't have winter by 2050, that's not that far away. That's oh literally gosh. 30, less than 30 years. Yeah. So it's like, like, oh, food cool, scarcity. maybe. Like, it's not going to be Yeah, good. totally. Um, anyway... It's depressing, but brilliant. This is one of those books that I think everyone should read. Yes, I was hesitant. It's super important. Written by an old white dude. <laughs> I was kind of like, what is this book going to give me? Is it one of those classics that is overrated? No, it's so, so, so good. Yeah, I know. I do. I think I should revisit it, actually. And I yeah. think reading it now will give it so yeah. much more of a different... Impact. Yeah. Yeah. So... Thank you for Yeah, so The Road me. by Cormac McCarthy also read this as an audiobook. It was great. Um, what is your non wait, have you got a non? I've literally just Because I knew one. that you said you didn't have one. You've scrambled and found something. I did. Okay, yeah. what's your non book recommendation? So I recently binged on yes. Netflix. A TV show called Uncoupled. Um, it mm. stars Neil Patrick Harris. Oh my god, I've seen this advertised. Neil Patrick Harris is a bit of a. Th- you know, he's had his controversies yeah. in the last he's twelve or so months. He's definitely a love or a hate kind of person. Yes, but this is probably like one of the first roles where he's probably playing someone. Well, I think he said it himself. Something that is a lot more true to himself as a person and his life. playing a queer character yeah. for one of the first times, right? Yeah. So um, it's basically about this guy who's in his 40s, New York City, he's gay, he's a real estate agent. Oh. And um, his, like, boyfriend of 17 years suddenly leaves him and he's oh kind God. of like, what do I do? I've never been single. What the fuck? Especially the world has changed a lot. Mm. The queer community has changed a lot. Yes. Um, so it's very much about that world, and I found it really – it's super easy to watch, really entertaining. I mean, great real estate porn. <laughs> Honestly, fuck yes. Like, like that's, that's all I need the in only a TV reason show. real estate reality TV is so successful oh is because everyone selling, wants a sneak peek. Selling the OC. Selling the OC. Haven't started watching it. It's on my list. I cannot wait. We have to talk about I think, that one. Because I recommended – Selling the concept. agency a while ago, the French oh, the Paris. one, and oh, yes. the fancy Paris apartment. Oh my god, I love I love a it TV a show. So anything with that is ent- is interesting. To yes, me. but I think I yeah I really liked it. It was just like eight episodes or something. Easy. They're super super easy to binge. It's yeah. not like groundbreaking or anything, but I I liked this world and I was entertained by it. But you know what I kind of love. Yeah. I love that there's queer shows that are no longer groundbreaking. Yes. That they can just be kind of average in yes. a good way. Like average in the sense of like 
it's nothing new it's yeah. nothing crazy or wild it just exists but it's yes. a show about queer people like that would have been unheard of 10 years ago that's such a good point it would have because just by virtue of him being queer and navigating the dating world mm. would have been <laughs> groundbreaking they, and a lot more than tv shows that focus on this like it, it very much is in that queer world yeah like it's all his like his friends like it felt very current and I don't feel like we get that very often. And normalised in the sense of, like, it just exists in the queer world because he's a queer person. Yeah. Not like not we're like trying queer, really hard yeah. to make this queer show. It's exactly. just, like, it is what it is. Or a queer person, like, fish out of water kind of scenario. Being the token gay yes. best friend or something. It, it felt yes. very natural. And, yeah, the friendship's really beautiful as well. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, if you want something easy to binge. Oh, yes that's entertaining enough like uncoupled netflix gonna shove that to the top of the list i think you'll really appreciate it i'm excited yeah definitely um well i'm also recommending a tv show that you recommended quite recently and that i already wanted to watch and finally got around to it and so glad we're doubling down on this yes (laughs) so i feel like Every think piece ever about the TV show, the most popular TV show to watch this year is the one I'm about to recommend. Totally. It's on fucking every list. Everywhere. Um, so The Bear, everyone should watch it. It's so fun. There's such... I didn't expect how great it was as a tribute to food in general. Yes, and Chicago so, as a city. Yes, and Chicago's yeah. specific food scene, yes. particularly Italian-American, yes. Chicago, like that world. But I just really loved, it felt like a food reality TV series yes. mashed up with like quite an intense family drama. Yes. <laughs> and it was brilliant. Because you got that experience in the kitchen. Like that food porny yeah. element was in there with some totally. really beautiful, for, like, close-up shots of food getting prepped mm. really interesting dishes that got made like you That's can the tell thing. they it had made by chefs yeah they i was gonna the yeah food. you could tell that people that wrote and were part of the show love food mm. and had experience working in kitchens because it felt very authentic even the like behind and like some of the language yes. they used is what gets said yes, in kitchens chef. yes chef like and you have to fucking say chef. So there's a lot of that lingo. But that's very authentic, yeah. not contrived, where sometimes like Hollywoody kind of shows can sometimes miss the mark a little bit. And you like, like try to dilute it. Yeah, and make it palatable for people that totally. aren't used to that world. Whereas this was just like, no, it went hard. Yeah. Also, we discussed how much of a babe I find oh Jeremy Allen White. I have such a weird crush Dirt on him. Dirtbag Kami. Dirtbag Kami. The tattoos do it for me. But also his body is I love I'll the emotional unavailability. Yeah. <laughs> emotional unavailability yes. is what really does it yeah. for me. The like problematic um, <laughs> lack of emotional, but like processing, you know, all of but the then classic. The, speech, the had, seven minute speech. Also, like as an actor, that monologue oh my God. was fucking incredible. That's when I fell in love, yeah. The emotion he brought to that as an it's actor beautiful. was It's on YouTube stunning. by itself. It was. And I watched it I would again. rewatch just that. Yeah, it was so good. It's really yeah um, so, i'm yeah. so glad you liked it it's really good really easy to watch eight eps 30 minute eps oh, i yeah. mean eight yeah eight episodes for the season 30 minute episodes and there's enough like drama that goes on that you want to keep watching yes to see what finds out also really sydney really love sydney yes. i think she was one of my fave characters love and her. also hate his cousin 
but he was also such a great character. He's funny. At you kind of need him, but also I'm like, if you were in my life, I would murder you because you're so annoying. Um. Anyway, I'm so glad you like it. Highly recommend. It it's, lived up to it. Yeah, which is impressive because oh. it wasn't just you recommending it. It was like yeah. the entire world recommending it. So really didn't necessarily expect to still love it and I did so yeah everyone should go watch the bear um yeah enjoy hopefully like getting out of your own comfort zone bubble yeah and, do like, I listen to those 30 under 30 lists yeah they're dead they're gone right this is 65 like 65 under 60 over 65 yeah it's <laughs> also really made me reevaluate the age of the authors I read I never think of that unless it's yeah. like being publicised that someone's really young. But I never think about if someone is older, over a certain age. Yeah, and I think we should. That's totally. Let's celebrate that more because it was actually we talked about this before we recorded. I think like it was hard to find quality lists of authors over sixty or over fifty yeah. that had written books. Like that was not easy to find. So yeah, hope and also inspires you all. Yeah. I know it was hard to find it, but I actually really enjoyed it. Totally books. same. And these have some old favourites. Yeah. So yeah, it was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Happy reading. Happy reading. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.